Hey everybody, Ugh. hey everybody, uh, it's Amy checking in on y'all, hope you're all doing well and safe and all that good stuff. Uh, we recorded this episode before um, everything that happened over the past week happened, and um, obviously we did not feel like it was cool to put it out, so we kind of spent the week, as I hope all of you did, doing what you can to support the Black Lives Matter cause and all of the things that have been going on in the world right now and um yeah we still want to be here for a place for you to relax and have fun and be happy but just remember that a lot of things are going on right now and history is changing and we can't forget that for a second and just keep on going keep on keeping on and we'll be here for you to uh take a break every now and again so with that enjoy the episode we have uh, some links uh, and some uh, resources on our Twitter that we've been sharing, and uh, I have a highlight set up on our Instagram page for different causes in different places you can support. There are a ton of them out there. There are a ton of Black-owned businesses and various uh, different places that you can, you know, send your support to, you know, via that route if you you know can't be out there protesting or you know signing petitions do do whatever you can and we're proud of you and stay safe and we love you enjoy the episode okay bye <laughs> oh my gosh so take two hello everybody welcome to next two nerds my name is amy and and my mind rebels at stagnation and oh also hitting the record button <laughs> hi everybody my name is shannon and there's nothing sexier than a big brain exactly there's nothing sexier than a big brain be like big brains and we cannot lie you other nerds cannot deny it's true, it's true. when someone walks in with a big old library and puts it in your face you get sprung. <laughs> I'm just imagining someone with like a, a Kindle just shoving it in your face, being like, look at all these books I got. Look at all my books. Look at my books, let's bitch. Get, Are you not turned on? <laughs> oh my goodness, everyone. Uh, this is the second time I'm recording this because I didn't hit the record button for the first uh, 15 minutes of our recording. So, whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. Whoopsie doodles. <laughs> Uh, but we're doing, ironically enough, we're doing smart people stuff today, so. <laughs> it's a, it's appropriate. It's definitely, uh, definitely appropriate. <laughs> it's totally appropriate. I totally did it on purpose. Uh, so, but before we get into too much of that, we're going to talk about the stuff we did this week. Shannon, once again, would you like to tell me what you did this week? And I will try to pretend to be totally surprised and amazed. <laughs> Um, so briefly, I just wanted to say that the SpaceX Falcon 9 launch happened, um, and that was so amazing to watch. Yay. Uh, yeah. Any, anything related to space, I'm always super into it, but getting to see people doing stuff like that, like traveling outside of the planet where we all live and keep our stuff, like that just blows my mind and it always makes you feel better. So I watched that and that was super fun and I cried because I'm a big nerd. I know. Um. <laughs> Those lucky nerds who got to just rock it off of this planet for a little bit. So <laughs> Earth sucks. See ya. Later. <laughs> Living the dream. Right. 
Um, but this week, Bobby and I, um, we started watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. Um, wow, really? <laughs> yes! Can you believe it? I can't. <laughs> but uh, we really liked the show. We had been watching it pretty regularly. Um, we fell off after season five, but uh, recently we noticed that all six seasons are up on Netflix now. So we started watching again. Um and it ties in pretty seamlessly with the Marvel Universe. Um, it's got Agent Coulson, who's everybody's favorite. Everybody loves Clark Gregg. Mm-hmm. It's got Ming-Na Wen uh, as Agent May. And she just, like, kicks so much ass. Yes. Which is always my favorite thing to just watch a babe, like, beat some ass. <laughs> Who's, who doesn't like that, honestly? Yeah, it's it's the primal part of my brain that is like, oh, yeah. Right? Kick, kick, punch it. Punch it. Kick it. Fight. <laughs> Um, but my favorite two characters on the show are the resident brains of the team. Uh, Gemma Simmons is played by Elizabeth Henstridge, and Leo Fitz is played by Ian DeCasker. And Simmons specializes in biological sciences, both human and alien, which comes in handy in the Marvel Universe, because yes. you never know who you're going to run into. <laughs> true. Very true. Um, yeah. And Fitz is a master engineer and inventor, and they're best friends. They always work together. Um, they're inseparable to the point where the team just refers to them as Fitz Simmons. They are one entity, unseparated. That's adorable. Yeah, they're super cute, and they're really funny and just adorable. And like all of the best ideas come from them. They have some of the best scenes in the show. Um, so yeah, all six seasons are up on Netflix, and season seven just started airing on regular TV last week. So if you're in the mood for something kind of fun and a worthy distraction within the realm of superheroes, I would say check it out. Yeah, I'm super behind on, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. I need to get on that now it's on Netflix. Yeah, I, I think you'll really like it. It's it's way easier to just be able to watch it like whenever you want and you can pause it if you need to. You can like go back to it. It's Appointment TV is way too difficult for me to keep up on. Yeah, dude. Come on. I can't know what day it is and time it is. End live TV. (laughs) (laughs) End it. Devour it. Destroy. Burn. Burn it in flames. That's what YouTube is for. (laughs) Yeah. Burning conventional TV into flames. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yes. (laughs) Take that, networks. (laughs) Nice. Oh, I'm glad you've been watching that. I gotta get back on that jam. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I would recommend it. How about you? What is your completely surprising thing that you have been doing this week? Well, oh my gosh, what a surprise. Timmy and Tommy totally screwed me over with bell- with turnip prices this week. Wow. Yeah. Even if I yeah, hadn't surprise, told you that surprise. 10 minutes ago, it would not have been a surprise. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you said that they took your turnips and like ate buried them, them in the depths of hell for free. Just ate them in <laughs> front of me, not breaking eye contact. <laughs> chomping up your turnips raw and being like what what are you gonna do that's why we pay money for them because we eat them does that make you feel better that you spend a hundred bells on something (laughs) to sell it for 40 bells does that make you feel better (laughs) i i ate your turnip for free would you like me to sell you this espresso machine for 160,000 bells like eat a dick you guys i mean i built i built this store with my bare hands (laughs) you monsters But other than that, I've, again, what a surprise. I've been trying to go through my Steam library a little bit, play some games that I either didn't give enough love to back in the day or haven't touched since I bought it, which is most of my Steam library. 
Nice. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so I was playing again. Uh, oh, man, I'm not going to get the same fun, excited reaction out of you. I mean, you will still do it, but it won't be the same for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I've gone back into playing Stardew Valley. I know, right? <laughs> it's been a couple of years, so I, I was playing that again. I love that game. It's it's one of my all-time favorite games, for right. reals. Made by yeah. a single man. Made by a single person. It's so fucking cool. Like, that's so neat. Uh, it's such, yeah. a, such a solid freaking effort. My God. So, yeah, I love getting back into Stardew Valley. I love picking who I'm gonna, who's going to be my waifu for this playthrough, you know? Love the romances. Love them. They're all so good. I've only, even though I've only done, like, three so far. Because I started off doing Harvey. I started off with Harvey. He seems initially super appealing. Yeah, but, but... kind of, you know, <laughs> he's kind of blah. He's kind because you're like, this, this is a cool character. They're like a doctor, but they have all this plain stuff in their, you know, in their house. And there's something going on with that. And, ooh, what's this cool story? But it never really... I haven't gone back to it to see if it amounts to anything now that, you know, there's been updates and stuff. But it never really amounted to anything, like, interesting. Yeah, I think, like, I I didn't romance him, but I got him up to, you know, like, the maximum number of stars, you know, like, without making him my boyfriend. And it didn't seem like it was going anywhere. Yeah, it kind of bummed me out a little bit. Like, it's it's great that he's just a normal, cool dude. But, you know... Yeah, but I mean, you know, if we're we're living our dream farm life, right? I I need something special, <laughs> <laughs> something special. Exactly, because the second one I did was back when um they did um they they did the update and you could date like Shane and Emily. So I I got Shane. Oh, I love Shane. I He's my OG husband. Oh my goodness! And that's I love it. a sad boy. I love oh a sad God. boy. <laughs> yeah, that that story like broke my heart so much, but I loved every minute of it. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, oh, just my heart, yeah. I know, just destroyed, <laughs> just broken completely. And, like, I could never date Emily, because Emily is, is, I would break Clint's heart, and I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he's such, he's such a good blacksmith boy. I know. Like, he, you know, he helps you with your geodes, and he sells your material, and he upgrades your tools, yeah. and he's just, he's just, he doesn't know how to talk to, to women, so. <laughs> I love that you can just tell him, be like, just t- you talk to me, dude. Just talk to her like you're talking to me. <laughs> just, yeah, like literally say anything to her so she knows you exist. I know, because I think they could be a, a cute couple. Well, she likes crystals. He could find her crystals, you know. They could have, they could, they could make like suit fashion armor. They could work together and make like super cool fashion armor. That'd be sweet. Heck yeah, that'd be awesome. And then they could sell it at the fair. Yeah. Come on, they—they they are ship like it. they are like the ultimate Renfair couple. Oh my god! Oh my god, they really are. I ship it. I ship it I so ship hard. It so hard now, harder than I did before. <laughs> <laughs> so no, this time I went for um, I went for Elliot. Oh, Elliot! He's he's like a pretty freaking genius boy because he's a freaking writer. He plays the piano. Yup. He is like a man of many talents. And he's super sensitive, and, like, he's got that cute little house on the beach. Yeah, like he's got that gorgeous long hair, and he's just a chill dude. Oh, the flowing mate. He looks like the cover of a cheesy romance novel. He does. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's got, like, that, like, open red, like, it almost looks like it's, like, a pirate coat. <laughs> right? 
It does. And, like, you know, whatever you say that your favorite genre of novel is, like, when you meet him, when you go and eventually, like, he does write his book and whatever, it's it's the genre that you said that you like. Like, that's some fucking talent, my dude. Right? How great is that? Like, he loves you so much, he wrote you a book. Right? Oh, <laughs> that's just his life goals. He's such a good boy. He's such a good boy. Yeah, I love him a lot. Yeah, and, and honestly, I, I because of, of course, I will look at the ways to do the roots and where people are going to be and stuff, because I'm terrible at these things. <laughs> so I was looking at all the summaries for, like, the stories that he reads, because obviously I've picked sci-fi every time. But Oh, um, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, like, all of the books that he writes sound really interesting. So, like, he's fucking talented. Multi-talented. Right? Like, even if you say romance, like... He'll write you a romance novel. Right. Like, That's, and it sounds like a good romance novel. Like, not a right, crappy like, romance novel. Like, like not like a heaving bosom sort of thing, but like, you know. Yeah, it's great. Legit. Yeah, he's so great. So, yeah, I'm loving being back in, in the Stardew life with my, I'm so happy that I got to get a black cat this time instead of Yay, just the same cat. Gigi! I did name my cat Gigi, yeah. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> I had to. Awesome. I had to. Yeah, and I've been naming all of my chickens after um, Final Fantasy ladies. Oh, that's rad. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm like, the chickens are going to be Final Fantasy. The ducks are going to be, psh, I don't know, maybe Mass Effect or something. Haven't decided yet. Oh, that's yet. so good. Haven't gotten ducks yet. So we'll name each group of animals after a respective game series. That'll be fun. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. awesome. But yeah, so that was my week. That was fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that game is so great. I love those, like, meditative, task-oriented, like, building games. Yes. It's such a nice stress reliever and just a nice, like, the music is all chill. It's just good. Oh, the music is so good. Yeah, I, I actually listen to the soundtrack while I'm cooking all the time. That's a great soundtrack to cook to. It's just nice and not obtrusive and just very, like... Yeah, yeah. super chill. Super Feel chill. Good. Yeah, it makes you feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this week we're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite uh, nerd brain peoples, which is real exciting. I'm real excited about this one. We love the smarty pants. We do love the smarty pants, but we also have to pick a smarty pants that we don't like so much. So, Shannon, I'm very curious, (laughs) sort of, (laughs) I mean, I know, but... At the time, I was curious, and I'm still curious to all of your thoughts because it's when I realized that I wasn't recording, that I had to stop the re- start actually start recording, and we had to redo all this. <laughs> it's okay, we got this. It's we good. got it. But yeah, who's the uh, who's your smart nerd brain person that you don't like so much? So I actually had a really hard time with this because typically, even if they're a villain or you know a not particularly nice character, if they're smart. I always wind up liking them just because I'm kind of, you know, I get overwhelmed by their cleverness and I forget that they're kind of a douchebag. Yeah, so, same. <laughs> um, and, you know, because our theme is I like big brains and I cannot lie, um, I had a very hard time finding a smart person that I can't stand. So I had to go to a sort of unexpected source of media that nice. um, I only really thought of because of uh, my friend Sarah mentioning it the previous week. Um, so I had to go to the TV show Friends. Friends. Yeah, I Randoms. I wouldn't say that I love the show, but it has a really important space for my junior high, high school nostalgia. 
Um, yeah, it was a pretty big deal when I was that age. So Ross Geller is really smart. He is. He's a paleontologist for fuck's sake. Like, I love dinosaurs. I love them. I love but... the dinosaurs and I cannot lie. Truth. Give me them <laughs> sauropods, son. <laughs> but I can't love Ross Geller. I can't. Mm, no. Um, he's just, he, he is that nice guy character that feels like he deserves things just because he's nice. Right. Like, yeah, like he believes that he deserves the moon. And if he doesn't get it, he will whine about it ad nauseum. Like, <laughs> and he's surprisingly conceited and entitled for like the nerdy, nice guy architect. Like it's, he's selfish and he's weirdly sexist. Like, it's kind of funny because that's usually not how those characters are portrayed in TV, but a lot of times, especially during that time, it was how a lot of those people kind of were in real life, you know? Yeah! No, absolutely. Like, it def- like I know this person. Like, yeah. I have been, <laughs> I have been harassed by this person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Like, he pined after Rachel for so long, did whatever he could to sabotage any relationship and possible happiness she might have. And then when he finally manages to get her, he destroys the relationship with petty fucking jealousy and his constant need for attention. Yeah. And then when things get tough, he just sleeps with someone else. Yeah. Yeah, he's douche. Like, (laughs) total douche. And then he meets this adorable British chick, manages to convince her that they should get married, Then he says Rachel's name during their wedding ceremony and then proceeds to treat her like shit, even though she marries him anyway after that. Oh, dang. And then, and then when she finally divorces him, then he's all sad and whiny and is like, woe is me. How did this happen? Oh, so unfair. (laughs) Like, he's a 50 pound bag of ugh in a 10 pound sack. Like, I just can't. He's just exploding (laughs) with ugh. I, I didn't know the latter part of a lot of that stuff with it. Cause I never really, it was not really my, my thing. My, again, yeah. slightly older than me. So I, I think a it little was bit, not really yeah. my generation's thing. Yeah. Like I, it was, there was like a whole zeitgeist around it when I was in, I think like eighth grade and then through high school, everyone I knew was pretty much still really obsessed with it. So it was just kind of something that I would watch with friends. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> friends and I, friends. Unintentional pun. Yeah, and then it's one of those things where, like, I watched enough of it that even though I kind of stopped enjoying it, I was like, well, I guess I'll just finish it. Yeah, like, like I'm already here. Yeah, I've already put in this much time. I guess I should see if there's a payoff. Spoiler alert: there's not. Um... <laughs> Spoilers, no payoff. Spoiler, no payoff. I almost feel like he's like. The progenitor to like the incel mentality like mm. i am so nice and smart and i deserve these things because right. you're dating someone who's not so smart and not that nice like ooh, right. barf yeah no that's that's yeah it, maybe it's good that i never really got into friends <laughs> yeah there's enough really awesome media out there that like if you don't feel the pull to get into it you can just skip. It's no big deal. Just, just a little skip. A little skipperoo. Yeah, skip-a-roo. you get the you get the big points. Like anything that was like meme worthy has become its own thing. So you don't really need to worry about it. <laughs> exactly. If you know the meme, that's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. 
the truth of our our times. Yeah, man. It's a big mood. <laughs> so how about you? Who were who are you thinking of that's smart but still kind of a piece of shit? Oh, man. So, <laughs> so similarly, I had a really difficult time because I like smart characters, you know? It's right. Hard. Yeah. It's hard to dislike them. So I kind of I guess it's kind of cheating because I love the way this character is in the original novel, but I do not like the way that she is portrayed in most media. Oh, okay. And yeah, so I went like, this week, I, I apparently decided it was, you know, Arthur Conan Doyle week for me. <laughs> nice. OMG. I think I know who it is and I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm going with Irene Adler or Irene yes. Adler, however you want to say yes. it. Yeah. Excellent. Because honestly, like, I love her in, in the original novel in A Scandal in Bohemia. Absolutely. She's such a good character. Right? She's this really good character who is basically just trying to protect herself and her own, you know, her own wants and her own privacy and is just this fucking cool-ass lady who, like, rides horses and shoots guns and cross-dresses. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's she's such an icon for strong female characters. And she is basically, like, she was the reason that Sherlock Holmes was, you know, no longer anti-women, you know? Right. Yeah, like, she was able to change his mind, which, that's amazing. <laughs> right? Like, the, the way that Watson put it in the, you know, in the stories, obviously, because it's it's written through Watson's point of view, as yeah. diaries of, you know, whatever, uh, is that he, he considers her the women, the woman, which is, like, he she is like the standard that he holds all other women to because she was that's just so mixed, great right yeah. it's and that's pretty much the most flattering thing that you could say about someone it's like they are the quintessential this and he's like yeah you know i haven't heard him of late make fun of women like he does sometimes and it's like yay good the only flaw that the only problem that i have with the character of sherlock holmes is fixed fantastic <laughs> right Uploaded a patch for that bullshit. I know, right? That was the patch. <laughs> that was the patch. That, you gave that was that. the patch. I'm like, oh, God. The cool, smart, the cool, smart woman patch. Yeah, the cool, smart woman game day patch. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, whereas she's this awesome character in the books, it very rarely in media is she anywhere near as awesome. Well, I, I find that they immediately sexualize her. Exactly. But instead of doing it in a way where her sexuality is part of her power it kind of dumbs her down a little bit. Exactly. And they like to shoehorn this kind of romance between Sherlock Holmes and Irene Adler. Which, uh, you know that that shit is my pet fucking peeve. Like, I hate all it so much. characters, right? Like, they don't need, there needs to be no romance. There can be a mutual respect and a partnership in a perfectly platonic relationship. It doesn't have to be romance. Men and women can be friends. Exactly. Like, it, it, oh my god, it's like, white people, stop making cis fucking romances in fucking every damn thing that you put out into the world. Please. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Stop shoehorning the cis romance into every fucking thing. Because first of all, in the books, she is basically getting ready to marry her lawyer boyfriend who's helping her out. Right. They, like, end up getting married and moving to America, which is great. Awesome. Yeah. And, like, secondly, Sherlock Holmes is, like, one of the most, like, aromantic characters I've ever read, you know? I would almost describe him as asexual, you yeah. know? Like, he is, not to diminish, you know, 
physical attraction or sexual desire, but it's almost like he's so cerebral that he is above that. He doesn't have time for that. Exactly. And you, you really see, like, his, any, any kind of romantic nature that you see in him is with, like, his friendship with Watson and his, you know, his relationship yes. to the people around him who are happy yes. to be very close, so. Yes. But we're not talking about him yeah. yet. <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> Irene Adler. So, like, that romance that's always shoehorned in drives me nuts. Absolutely. And, the, and they always also tend to make her, like, an antagonist to the to Sherlock Holmes I don't know what it is yeah. with that it, it's like they can't let her be helpful and cool in her own they have to make her a foil exactly I think it's because they try and write her into the continuousness of every Sherlock Holmes story that goes on the air you know right which you don't you don't need to I mean no you have like... Moriarty Moriarty <laughs> is the antagonist that's fine Right. And there's there's no dearth of material to pull from. It's not like you're at a loss for more stories to tell. There's a lot. Right. Like I was I was looking through I have many large volumes of the Sherlock Holmes stories, you know. Yeah, we have one we actually use as a doorstop that it's that like <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh man. Like this'll keep the cat out of this room. <laughs> Con, the hound of the Baskervilles is here. You don't want it. <laughs> but yeah there's so much material like i don't i don't know why they try to like rewrite her and stick her in everything yeah it just baffles me because there are so many other characters it's it's meant to be you know the original stories feel like just a general like series of events of you know different cases that they go through it's not like you know a continuous through line other than the plot of sherlock and watson being pals right it's very much like a circulating ensemble characters yeah exactly in a very like doctor who sense of the you know of the you know there's these couple of characters that you're going to travel with for the most of this time and they're going to run into a lot of other characters and shenanigans <laughs> yeah shenanigans and that's the fun yeah the only the only really good media version of irene adler that i've seen is in the grenada holmes one um it's the one with uh, jeremy brett is the sherlock holmes Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. He's, he's my dad's favorite. He is He is probably my favorite Sherlock Holmes because it's just so... I love how ridiculously faithful it is to the books. Oh, it's, yeah. It's very good. Like, if somebody is doing a translation of a book to, you know, screen or media or whatever, I either want you to be incredibly faithful to the material or to do something completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, either it's the character... Or it's something wild. Like, yeah. Yeah. Agree. Because, like, I think that's when I stopped kind of watching the um, more recent BBC uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, Sherlock Holmes is when they kind of started to introduce Irene Adler. And I was like, they're doing it again. If you can get over the hump of that. I had a similar problem, but the final season is real good. That's good to um, yeah, yeah, it's it's real good, and there's a lot of, like, really great Watson stuff. I mean, Sherlock stuff as well, but it she becomes a little bit less of a, a problematic appearance. Well, that's good, because I didn't like that. And they also made her kind of like a villain, and I'm like, this is not a character, though. She can be a good person. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, it, it just seemed it seemed a little a little forced. Yeah, a little The actress was great. I love the actress, oh, yeah. but, but they could have done a lot more with her than what they gave her so yeah, 
that's been like the theme of the characters that I hate <laughs> is just yeah pretty much is just pretty why much. did you do this <laughs> do more now make better make better now <laughs> go do it so yeah Irene Adler sorry I don't like your your media presentation as much as your book presentation makes me sad um yeah I'm pretty with you on that I totally agree still love her so much as a character though yeah yeah absolutely great character but it gets lost in translation yeah it it really does it really does (laughs) it's unfortunate but um yeah so like I said um I ended up (laughs) again I think probably because of the theme of big brains and I cannot lie I love them kept in with like into the Sherlock Holmes Arthur Conan Doyle universe for pretty much everything (laughs) that's awesome well you you are like I love Sherlock Holmes, but, like, when I think of Sherlock Holmes, I think of you. Oh, what? <laughs> oh thanks, pal. That you're, makes me feel you're my, good. <laughs> you're my Sherlock pal. <laughs> I, I do. I love Sherlock Holmes, which is why he's my crush of the week. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> like, ticks off, ticks off all the marks. Tall. Yep. I love me a tall. As a small, I love me a tall. I know you do. The dichotomy of it is really adorable. It's great. Like, anytime anyone writes a character in anything with a romance between like a tall and a short character, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I love it. So good. Give me those lean down smooches and those awkward hand holdings. I love it. If you ever get married, I'm going to give you a giant ladder for your wedding present. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I know you're gonna you're gonna marry marry somebody leggy so if it happens it'll be all legs all torso yeah (laughs) yes exactly i will marry someone who is all legs and torso (laughs) they have to be at least seven feet tall send in your applications Uh, (laughs) but yeah yeah, point one is tall uh point point two very 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 smart Obviously, yeah. that's probably more point one. Honestly, I love me my smarts. Oh yeah, smarties so sexy, right? And especially the um the the ability to do multiple things is a, a very cool and just sexy thing. Like, yeah, he's a fantastic science minded person who also plays the violin and can draw some stuff and can do pre- and can act like a motherfucker. Yeah, like. It- so good at so many different things it's staggering right i remember the one line from watson being you know the the stage lost a great actor the day that sherlock holmes decided to become a private detective i was like oh so cute what a sweet thing and uh, what else i i'm i'm always a fan of the eyes and nose area of a face and you know it's a good spot it's a good spot i like a good defined nose the angles i love angles i'm a big angle person Angles are good. Angles are solid. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole bohemian lifestyle that the two of them live is just very romanticized, I think. It's, it's, you know, they hang out in their apartments in 1800s London solving mysteries. It's great. It's, yeah, it's pretty excellent. I can't think of many things that I would rather do. (laughs) Exactly. And I don't know, something about the whole... Uh, yeah there's things about the character again like um luckily it was remedied the whole not liking women and you know devaluing women situation was remedied pretty quick (laughs) yeah thank god that was in um scandal in bohemia which is like real early in in the whole media
idea of Sherlock Holmes stuff. That's pretty early Yeah. On. And, um, you know, he, he's, the, the drug use is not a great thing. <laughs> not great, but not great I thing. mean, it, I, it kind of tracks with like, you know, a lot of, a lot of very smart characters kind of have some sort of, you know, mental illness or addiction, almost as like a symptom of how smart they are and how frustrated they get with the world. <laughs> right. And how just alienated they feel against the entire world, you know? Right. And that kind of was the era of chasing the dragon. So. Oh yeah. That <laughs> late 1800s, like Londoners, man, they did some shit. <laughs> It's they some did. wild shit. They like did some wild freaking shit, dude. Like, <laughs> so I guess it's you know par, kind of par for the course for the time. Which you know, right? You get around it. You get around it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm sure like at the time that added some sort of grittiness to the stories. You know, exactly. And I mean, like like you said, it's it's kind of that that extra. You know that this character would have been too much perfect if he didn't have some kind of foil. Yeah, there has to be some flaw in there to not necessarily make it more relatable, but just to a more a more well-rounded, you know, read. Yeah. And I mean, it's 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 great because he is very relatable in the sense that he portrays himself as this very stoic and uncaring and com- and constantly logically minded character. Yeah. But is actually feels very deeply about things, just, you know, doesn't portray it in, you know, kind of outward ways like Watson does. Yeah, he's not demonstrative, he's meditative. Exactly. There's this great um there's this great moment between him and Lestrade. I forget exactly what case it is, but Lestrade basically says to him, you know, the boys at Scotland Yard, they don't dislike you. They they don't like hate you. They they love you. They honor you. They think they they are so proud of you, and we are so proud to like know you and to have you, you know, doing what you do. And the way that um, you know, obviously it's it's Watson, but you know Arthur Conan Doyle writing as Watson describes that like the look in his eyes of just like that that feeling of I'm accepted and that these people actually yeah. respect me is very yeah. it's good. It's really yeah. good, and I feel like that's very relatable in a lot of, you know, kind of introverted folks like we are, and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's, you feel so much on the inside, and it's very hard to convey that in a visible way. Right. So. And and I feel like, too, it, it's, it's nice to see, I feel like a lot of times when you write a really smart detective, it's either, you know, in a sort of more comical, lighthearted sense, or they are just you know, perfect. And that's it. It's nice to have a flawed sort of tragic character be so important. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I love and and he likes bees. And yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Like, give me tires and keeps bees. That's great. Give me a man with an apiary any day. Exactly. (laughs) And man, something about the style of like the long dressing gown and the slippers and just like walking around a the that old bohemian apartment just humming so and buying papers yeah, everywhere. Yeah, so good. It's good. I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm a big <laughs> fan. I love Sherlock Holmes. I will always love Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. If there was a Sherlock Holmes out there, please send me a message. <laughs> <laughs> I'm available to Sherlock Holmes's across the universe. Get the word out. <laughs> just, put, just put it out there. <laughs> we 
Yeah, it's my crush of the week. Sherlock Holmes is a, That's a, a good one. Best detective who never lived. Yeah. Shannon, who's your crush of the week? Oh man, mine is kind of weird. I'm excited. Um, because as as you definitely know, and now everyone will know, I I have a weakness for like the super weird eccentric smarties. Like if if someone's just fucking weird as shit like that kind of catches my eye <laughs> um and bobby and i we were recently rewatching all of the back to the future movies um yes. and i i saw him for the first time as george mcfly uh so my crush of the week is crispin hellion glover god that's so good that that's his middle name <laughs> it's his middle name it's his real name so totally good. legit he was born on April 20th in 1964 in New York City. 420. 420. 420. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's so multi-talented. He's an actor. He's a writer. He's a director. He's a musician. Um, yeah. Wow. He's, yeah, he's he kind of does everything. Um, yeah, he's always had, like, a wide array of, like, weird acting gigs. Like, in addition to Back to the Future, he was... Uh, he played Andy Warhol in the Doors movie, which is kind of spot on. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He was in Charlie's Angels. He was in Willard. He played Grendel in the 2007 CGI Beowulf. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. He was also in Hot Tub Time Machine, um, which <laughs> really? I actually, re I really, really love that movie. It's so good. Oh, shit, I didn't realize he was in it. <laughs> He's not in it a lot, but he is the best part of that movie. <laughs> oh, great. Um, and most recently, he played Mr. World in the American Gods series. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. And he is fucking on point in that shit. Like, he comes on screen and you can't see anything else. He's amazing. In the, um, in the late 80s, he started his production company, Volcanic Eruptions. And it publishes all of his books, and it also serves as the production company for his films, uh, such as What Is It? And It Is Fine, Everything Is Fine. Um, <laughs> there are exclamation points in the title, so... <laughs> That's good. Good to know. That's important. Um, <laughs> like, his eccentricity has sort of become his trademark. Um, in, in 1989, he released an album titled... The big problem does not equal solution. The solution equals let it be. Um, <laughs> it's got original songs, but it also has super weird covers. Um, it's got These Boots Are Made For Walking and Charles Manson's I'll Never Say Never To Always, which he sings completely in falsetto. Oh my God. I have to yeah, listen it, to this album. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you type his name into Spotify, it's all out there. And it's got, like, Mr. Bungle meets Danny Elfman on acid vibes. That's his music. I mean, th that's exactly my kind of vibe right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's so much my shit that it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> he's written between 15 to 20 books, which is crazy. Um, and he constructs books by reusing old novels and publications that have fallen into public domain due to their age. Uh an example, he has a book called Rat Catcher, and it was constructed from an 1896 book titled The Studies in the Arts of Rat Catching. It's so fucking weird, dude. Like, he rearranges the text, he blocks out passages, and adds in his own prose and pictures to create, like, a totally new thing. 
oh yo this is real cool it's really cool it's like insane like mixed media weird goth surreal shit it's crazy oh this is great yeah he's amazing he's um so good and right now he splits his time between la and his 17th century 20 acre historically significant chateau that is a 45 minute train ride east of prague that's fucking great i love yeah him. i love him so yeah. much <laughs> yeah. and a lot of people saw his infamous appearance on david letterman um, where he shows up in like a wig and platform shoes. He challenged David Letterman to an arm wrestling match and then did a karate kick next to his head while yelling, I'm strong, I can kick. <laughs> um, he still won't comment to this day what it's about, saying that he prefers an air of mystery. Like, he's just, he's such a weirdo. And Michael J. Fox, when asked about Crispin Glover, said, Crispin isn't crazy, he's just excitable. And I feel like that's, like, the perfect description of him. That's great. That's that's how I long to be uh, described as. Not crazy, just excitable. <laughs> Not crazy, just excitable. That's like, so he's good. he's so weird, and that's why he's my crush. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a really good one. Uh, I didn't know that much about him other than, you know, like, when you said uh, Back to the Future, I was like, oh, you said Back yeah. to the Future, and you said Weird Guy. I was like, I know who you're going to do. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. So I... I definitely, I spent like two hours researching him and every single thing I found out was just like, oh my God, he's so much better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's pretty freaking great. That's pretty freaking great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a fun time. Everyone go to Spotify and listen to Crispin Glover. What a good crazy Holy boy. Holy shit. Definitely listen. I'm going to, I'm definitely. Yeah, gonna, for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man, I'm excited for our D&D segment this, this lovely week. Me too. This is, oh, I like them all, but this is, this is definitely going to be a good one. Oh, I'm excited that you're like super excited. Who'd you pick for your D&D this week? Um, so for my D&D assigning this week, I picked Morden Solace. Yay! Um... <laughs> Best space boy. Such a good space boy. He is my favorite Solarian scientist and professor from the Mass Effect video game series. Yes. Just such a wonderful character. He's definitely the smartest person in those games and he's so like funny and kind and weird and just oh i love him so much he's real good um, him and garris like never left my party and rex it was an all alien squad for me <laughs> same same yeah. same yeah and uh i was always so mad i couldn't romance him <laughs> no like, come on give me this. my sweet my sweet sciencey worm boy so i decided for race that he should be a gnome. Oh, um, I agree. Because yeah, gnomes are always super excited. Like, they want to do the things and see the things and know the things. And they always talk as if they can't get the thoughts out of their head fast enough. Hmm. Um, which kind of tracks for Morden, because I, I think it goes without saying that he is a talker, often to the frustration of the rest of the crew. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's great. I love it. I love it when he goes on his little tirades of stuff. It's his little tangents. <laughs> um. <laughs> Also, gnomes are skilled engineers, alchemists, tinkers, and inventors, which tracks. Mm -hmm. um, they're willing to make mistakes and take bold, sometimes foolhardy risk, which pretty much covers Morden's work on the genophage. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, I went with rock gnome um, because they get uh, gnome cunning, which gives them an advantage on intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving. Mm -hmm. um, they get 
Artificer's Lore, which um, all the intelligence checks related to magic, alchemical, or technical objects, you get to add twice your proficiency bonus. Nice. Um, and then also, um, there's this thing called Music Box, where you have a music box that will play a song at a moderate volume, and if that shit doesn't play Scientist Solarian, I don't know what the point of anything is. <laughs> I don't want to live in this world, then. <laughs> I don't want to live in this world. <laughs> And I, I went on the D&D wiki, and I actually found a scientist class. Nice. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, so in your standard array, you do um, the 15 in intelligence, 14 in wisdom. And then you can, you know, pick accordingly from there. Um, you do the sage background. As mm -hmm. an item, you get a scientist's journal that you can keep your scientific formulas in. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that. Um, you get this thing called explosions. <laughs> explosions explosions which i loved immediately um at level two you figure out how to make your potions explode um <laughs> while brewing potions you roll a d20 and if you crit they blow up in your face and are useless <laughs> i love it oh my god that's um nice. at, it's so good right <sighs> um at fifth level you get um something called taking blood where you learn how to take a blood sample from a creature and you can create a potion that will give you a feature from that creature's stats for 24 hours. Oh, neat. And then um, at ninth level, um, you learn how to permanently augment your stats by doing that. So if you successfully take blood five times from a creature, you can permanently aug augment your stats with one of their stats. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty rad. And then um, at level 20, you can make living creations, such as, you know, like golems or other creatures. Um, they follow verbal commands. So I was kind of almost like, even though he didn't create Grunt, I was sort of thinking of Grunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that would still be they would still be fine, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then I had some fun with um, the traits, the flaws. Um, under ideals, there's logic. Emotions must not cloud our logical thinking. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because, like, Morton believes that the ends justify the means. He's guided by a very impersonal logic, and he doesn't let his emotional connections or personal conscience get in the way of what he thinks is best for the bigger picture. Like, he still defends his decision as the only option. Yeah. Like, so I, I did that, and then under Bonds, I've been searching my whole life for an answer to a certain question, and I sold my soul for knowledge. I hope to do great deeds to win it back. Oh. Yeah, which kind of oh. gave me the feels, because, like, I feel like that totally applies to the genophage. And then, Absolutely. um, under flaws, unlocking an ancient mystery is worth the price of a civilization. Oof. I feel... Oof. Oof. Yeah, like, like, it's fine, because I'm gonna save the universe from the unchecked expansion of the Krogans at the expense of the future of the Krogan race. It's totally worth it. Like, yeah, even oof. after the fact, he's, he does, he's just like, you know what, I did what I had to do. Yeah, yeah, like, defends it, you know, to the death, basically. Yeah. That, that gave me some feels. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, for his alignment, there's a case for a lawful neutral, for neutral good, and for true neutral. Yeah. So, I think depending on the point in his story arc, you could pick different things. Because he has that um, that great quote, it had to be me, someone else might have gotten it wrong. Mm. So I, he kind of, he does what he thinks needs to be done, even if it doesn't necessarily make him or other people happy. So I feel like true neutral, but 
like I said, there's a case for the other alignments as well. Yeah, um, he hops around, and I think that's that's the the really the point of like having the alignments in D and D is you you want to know where your character starts, but they can go to any point based on the things that happen to them, and that's a very yeah that's a lot of what happens to Morton. Yeah, absolutely. Like he kind of evolves based on his journey and where he's at in the story. Um, yeah. And then there's always the option of like you could do the multi-classing of cleric with the scientist for yeah. multi-classing because you know he opens his clinic on Omega when he's trying to atone for what he did, even though he had to do it. Right. I think he would be a really fun D and D character to play. Yeah, I think so too. Well, the best D and D characters to play are the ones that have, you know, an arc to their story. Any anything, any character in anything has an that has an arc that's you know readable and relatable and you know absolutely absolutely like i would much rather a flawed complex character than like a lawful good meh 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 yeah man i can't play a lawful good character that's no thank you boring yawn (laughs) (laughs) so how about you me so geez um again kind of keeping with um we're keeping in the arthur conan doyle universe of things um, I decided to do uh, one of his pals for a bit, uh, Harry Houdini. Yeah! Oh, that's fucking dope! I was debating on whether or not to make Harry Houdini the crush of the week, because he's done some fucking amazing stuff, too. But um, Yeah. But yeah, uh, for, so going into it, I'm thinking about this guy who is an, basically an escape artist magician, you know. Because he didn't really even anyone who you go to anyone in like the magician world who you go to is like yeah he couldn't do shit for sleight of hand magic he was not an up close magician kind of guy <laughs> they're like he couldn't fucking do it he he that was not his strong suit he was he could do the escapes and shit because he had those he was a tiny you know pretty tiny guy with like bow legs and kind of like stocky and like in his build a little bit yeah subtlety was not his strong suit no not not in terms of in terms of that no he could definitely escape things but (laughs) probably not probably not your you know yeah he could he could escape like a mofo but he's not he's not gonna trick you uh into where that coin has gone no no that was not that was not his jimmy jams um (laughs) so yeah as much as it like oh you're making a magician you got to make them a magic-y character it really wasn't the character that he portrayed in his actual life as a as a magician right he did a lot of crazy stuff he was um he the reason he was friends with um arthur conan doyle for a bit was because uh he arthur conan doyle ended up marrying the spiritualist lady oh that's right they were that's right. Yeah, who was actually a big old fake and was, like, just taking his money, which is, was really sad because it was, like, right after Arthur Conan Doyle had, like, lost his son in the war and shit. Yeah. A big sad Oh, time. shit. I forgot about all that. Yeah. But Houdini, like, he, she gave a reading to Houdini about, like, his mother or something. And she was like, oh, she said, you know, Harry, you're doing great. Keep blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you're full of shit. My name isn't Harry Houdini. My name is Eric Weiss. I'm from fucking Hungry Lady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, he was like a big debunker of a lot of fake spiritualists, but really wanted to believe in it. Like to the point where at the end of his life, he was like, if I can, you know, come back and talk to you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try. So they still right. have like a seance every year, which is kind of cute. 
Aww. But, um, but yeah, he was, like, a cool guy and an activist, but he was, he was kind of a bulky dude who could, like, take a punch. So what I kind of did was, I, I think it's really good, you could do a lot of different things with it, because I decided to end up multi-classing him into nice. Monk and Rogue. Oh, that's good. Yeah. There is a yeah. build for, like, a Shadow Monk, but it doesn't do quite the kind of things that I was hoping for, for this particular okay. character. So. Because I, I definitely wanted Monk in there because they get, you know, unarmored defense. Yeah, which makes sense. Like, you know, if you're getting a cannonball to the stomach. Yeah, you know, <laughs> those kind of things. Unarmored movement. Those kind of things. I feel like nice. when you're doing those, like, escape tricks, you have to be able to get to the next place quickly to, you know, make that illusion work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, punching things. He was a punchy, he was a punchy kind of guy. <laughs> a a, a punch-him-up stocky boy. Yeah, punch-him-up stocky boy. Typical, like, early 1900s punch-him-up stocky boy. Fisticuffs. Yes, fisticuffs. <laughs> fisticuffs, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and I do like that they get the purity of body stuff because it's it's kind of like... And they say that this might have been the thing that ended up being, you know, why he died, but he did often just have people, like, punch... Like, he would just go, you know, punch me in the stomach. I ain't gonna move, you know? Yeah, yeah. He had a very monk personality about him. He kind of did, yeah. yeah. Like a very... <laughs> Again, if anybody watches Critical Role, he had a very Beauregard kind of personality to him. <laughs> he is so Beauregard. Yeah. And if you go on the wiki, actually, there is a clip of him speaking, and it, I didn't know what he sounded like, so it kind of, like, boggled my mind. He was apparently, like, pretty charismatic, too. Aww. But, um, so the reason I popped into Rogue a bit was because, um, there is a, uh, of course, you know, they get, um, you know, there, there are thieves tools, which seems like a very good thing for, you know, the escape artist kind of archetype to have. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, they get, you know, they can disengage, they can uncanny dodge, they can do all that cool stuff that I would kind of put into a kind of, you know, fisticuffsy sort of, you know, that kind of character. Yeah, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. And there's this cool archetype that's on, again, Unearthed Arcana called the Phantom. Okay. Which I think is nice to play into a little bit of, like, the spiritualism and the, you know, the kind of magic-y, like, nod to yeah. the there that maybe, you know, if this was a D&D &D universe, he could have actually had some of that. Right, like that occulty otherness. Yes. They get this cool stuff, like, as you... If your sneak attack damage is called um, Whales from the Grave, um, after you deal your sneak attack damage to a creature on your turn, you can target a second creature that you see within 30 feet of the first creature, roll the half the number of sneak attack die, and they take that amount of psychic damage. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so it's to be like, you know, as this as this uh, thing that you're already attacking's ally is like, you know, seeing you, you know, totally wreck its face that, you know, the whales of the dead are coming for them, too. It's it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And they get this other cool thing, Tokens of the Departed, which is really cool, where you basically have a soul trinket of the souls that you've killed on you. Oh, shit. That's rad as hell. <laughs> yeah. And you can, like, you can use them to, um uh, like, give you advantage on your death saving throws and stuff. Oh, nice. But as an action, you can actually, like, destroy one and just ask the spirit that comes out of it stuff. It's <laughs> oh, shit. That's fucking cool. Right? And it also feels very, like, spiritualism-y, you know? Like, talking to the dead kind of thing. 
absolutely like a little smashy seance ball exactly so i was like oh that's cool i didn't even <laughs> know this archetype existed so i mean that's awesome it, it depends on how much monk you want in this build i i feel like i feel like you want at least 10 levels of rogue you know yeah but yeah. um i feel like at least getting you know your basic monk stuff of you know your unarmored defense and your unarmored movement and whatnot is is good and then just throwing the rest into rogue builds kind of a nice character yeah absolutely it kind of like rounds it out really well yeah and obviously super high decks and super high intelligence to fit yes. with the whole rogue archetype too and for sure i actually picked folk hero for his background Oh, that's awesome. It seemed to be the one that made the most sense, you know, because it's like you have a pretty yeah. good social rank among, you know, the working class. Yeah. And they get that rustic hospitality, which like, you know, people will just like help you out because they know your face kind of thing, which kind of fits for a character who's, you know, kind of a, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, I've seen him on posters. We'll, you know, give him some potions or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And, and I like that. Extra tools and stuff. I gave him uh, uh, Mason's tools for one thing. Yes, Tinker's tools and Mason's tools because he was a Freemason. I thought that was a kind of cute nod to that. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I dig it. Yeah, that's very cool. And um, yeah, some of the good ones that I found for him. Uh, when I set my mind to something, I follow through no matter what gets in my way. I'm confident in my own abilities and do what I can to instill confidence in others. Yeah. I think Heck that's yeah. one from the... Uh, from the uh, folk hero, that line of it, which is really cool. That's awesome. And um, I'm kind of sticking him into some kind of chaotic. I want to say chaotic good. Again, God. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of that, <laughs> man. I just lean towards these characters, I guess. We we love our chaotic good here. Because, <laughs> you know, he's he was a guy who wanted to prove that he, he really wanted to prove these phony spiritualists and kind of like bring them to light because they were making money off of people who were grieving and who were sad and, you know. Yeah, he found them morally bankrupt and wanted to expose them. Exactly. And, you know, he did yeah. want to believe in some kind of spirit. He, he never said, you know, everything is bullshit. He just wanted to bring to light the people who were doing, you know. Right. Unjust right. things. As a magician... You, you know that that's my shtick. You know that this is all fake. That's part of who we are. Right. He he knew he was a performer and not, you know, some sort of, you know, magical being. Right. Which I think is why he took offense to a lot of the spiritualists and was like, you're not, you're lying to these people. So I'm sure. Yeah. Definitely a good, I think. He could probably be a neutral at some points, but, you know, definitely a good. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And yeah, I, I I kind of put his flaw as um, I'm convinced of the significance of my destiny and blind to my shortcomings and the risk of failure. Oh, yeah. Which, stop letting people hit you, Harry. Yeah. Stop letting people punch you in the stomach because you're going to rupture something. He died from peritonitis, which is secondary to a ruptured appendix, which is why they were like, it's probably from people punching you in the stomach all the time, my dude. <laughs> repeatedly and like not letting himself ever heal just constantly being injured and still doing it anyway yeah and he performed <laughs> like a freaking lot like he 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 died when he was 52 yeah which is even i mean even for the time is pretty young but he was performing like that whole the whole time he was alive from the time he was like 16 just pretty much his whole life was a performance exactly 
Which I yeah. think also fits a very, um, a very like rogue monk kind of character of just constantly going and constantly pushing themselves and not really stopping for anything. Absolutely. Very much so. No sedentary lifestyle for, for this boy. No. No. <laughs> And I mean, if you really wanted to get like the magic in there, you could probably like make him a, a variant human or something. So you can like, you know, pick that feat, magic initiate feat, and you can get two cantrips from a magic class, which is nice. Give him like prestidigitation and I don't know. I think he's a good boy with or without magic, though. Like, I think it almost makes more sense. Like, like I dig what you did. I think that's really No, well, thanks. Yeah, it was fun to do. I don't usually do rogues. I, I, I don't know why, but... Yeah, that's true. I I don't think you've done a rogue yet. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that was fun. But yeah, it was fun to do. That was a good one. I liked it. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. So Shannon, what we got to talk about for our, our friends this week, did anyone tell us any of their, their favorite uh, nerd nerd crushes? They, they, they did indeed. Um, my friend Nate wrote in that um, uh, Frank Miller falls in the category of being a huge influence mine while also being a total asshole <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true we love our friend miller but gosh dang yeah love is work uh kind of a prick yep <laughs> <laughs> and then he said also alan moore needs to lighten up about the industry in my opinion oh yeah in our opinion Har- as well i think <laughs> yeah hard agree hard yeah. agree on that one like hard alan moore agree. was he's a genius undoubtedly like he's a weird eccentric mad beautiful genius but he needs to chillax yeah a little bit and i get it i get that you're mad but it's not sustainable exactly (laughs) he's also like you you get it when people who are mad are like the people who are have the reason to be mad but like alan moore's got a lot of money and a lot of recognition and you know it kind of just makes you angry that he's mad at stuff sometimes <laughs> right like he's done very well in the industry and i'm not saying that he can't be upset with certain things that have happened with his creative properties oh, i yeah. totally get it mm-hmm. but he has benefited wildly from that industry right um so it's not like he's been fully shafted and he's so brilliant and his work has reached so many that I mean, maybe not let it slide that shit kind of went south for you a little bit, but... Right, but don't, maybe, don't get too sad. Yeah, maybe maybe hold down the grumbles so much, you know? <laughs> hold down the grumbles he's, in your tumbles. Yeah, he's he's a he's a crazy, grumbly Victorian gentleman, so... Yeah, like you do. <laughs> like you do, as you were. <laughs> as you were. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very, very fair opinions. Thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 100% agree on those. Thank you. Yes. Um, and uh, my buddy Ben Dewey, uh, he sent in... A list. <laughs> a list, which is awesome. And I'm still in the process of having to look up a couple of these people, but I'm just going to read it out so that any of our listeners can get in on it. And if they want to do any research, kind of check stuff out. Yes. Uh, so Ben said, I have favorites, but our current era doesn't do nuance. So I'll just tell you. Uh, Sam Harris... Paul Bloom, Jaron Lanier, Christopher Hitchens, Carl Sagan, Lisa Randall, Sherilyn Ithel, Daniel Kahneman, James Gleick, Amy Shearer Title, and Dan Pfeiffer. That's a big old list. If I mispronounced anyone that I'm not familiar with, I totally apologize. It's totally cool, um, dude. <laughs> and uh, 
Uh, ben also said that um, I specifically should check out Amy Shira Title's Face History on YouTube, which sounds rad as fuck. So I'm definitely going to. Nice. Um, That's good to know. But I do love me some Carl Sagan. He's been one of my lifelong loves. Yes. And comforts. Um, I'm a probably... fan of uh, Christopher Hitchens, honestly. Oh, yeah. Christopher Hitchens is good stuff, too. Yeah, I, I remember when I started to read his stuff and was like, oh, nice. I love this guy. It's, yeah, it's nice to read someone who makes you feel like the way you feel about things isn't so crazy. Exactly. I know. He does, I, I really like the way he writes as well, so. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about Carl Sagan. Like, everything he writes about humanity and our place in the galaxy. Like, I always felt that way, and I always thought it was so strange that everyone else seemed so myopic. So when I found Carl Sagan, I was just like, oh, oh, it's okay. I'm not the only one. Like, I'm not the only one who thinks these things and feels this way. Like, I don't want to say, he doesn't have a disconnect from humanity, but he's able to understand that we are not the the end-all be-all. Yeah, he's he's one of the OG, like, just solid, science-brained, awesome people, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, I adore him and his, like, there's, there's so many quotes that of his that I just think of when I feel shitty. And I'm just like, you know what? It's all right. Yeah, I got a couple of those people other than Douglas Adams and probably Kurt Vonnegut I'd probably throw up there too as a person who it's like, he just makes me laugh sometimes. It's nice. He is, he was such a great human and just the way that he feels about the world. Um, what's that one quote? Um, I consider myself a humanist. Because I am not a good person just because I expect a reward in another life. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a humanist, which means I, I do good things and don't expect to be rewarded for it after I die, something like that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, just don't be a shit because it's good to not be a shit. Yeah, just, like, just be a good human because that's the thing that you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, yeah, he's always got such a sense of humor and just, like, his you know, religious views and his views on the way that people work, I think are really in line with how I feel about things. Yeah. And sneaking buttholes in everywhere. He's a hero. Sneaking buttholes. I'm gonna get me an asterisk tattoo someday. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. (laughs) Bobby, Bobby, actually, he, uh, one of the first things that he told me when we met was that he had a Kurt Vonnegut tattoo and, uh, he showed it to me and it's a, a little quill and it says, so it goes. Oh, so it goes. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh, I like this boy. And now <laughs> we're married. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were married. <laughs> and then we got married. The next day. <laughs> the very next day. The very was next whirlwind. day. <laughs> also, other good genius being that I, I somehow didn't think about until, like, as we were just talking about random authors like that. Um, Tom Waits, man. I feel like he's a genius. Holy shit, yeah. And Absolutely freaking light at the end of the tunnel even through his crazy sad hobo days (laughs) i love my boxcar punk rock grandpa like he is just his music like just the listening to him in interviews like he's just he's a fucking good human and i i am so happy that he exists yeah when he was on the daily show with john stewart back in the day and um, he and Tom Stewart, Tom, John Stewart was like, "I just want to like lay with you in a ditch and die somewhere or something." I was like, <laughs> "Big mood, my dude. Big mood." I was also I, just uh, checking, and he's also an early December birthday, so I feel a kinship with him. <laughs> Aww, he had um. 
there was I forget what late night show he was on that I saw him on, but it was um, he was talking about how he is no longer allowed to help his kids with their homework because he was helping his kids study for history yes. and he made up a war because the rhythm was right in the storytelling and his kid flunked. <laughs> I remember this story. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. But yeah, we should probably, there's, there's a million geniuses that we could talk about, but we should probably to wrap it up here. I'm already going to have to. Yeah, we should probably wrap it up. We could wax, <laughs> we could wax intelligent peeps forever. So <laughs> I, there's, there's a lot of good ones out there. That's what you got to remember is there's still, for all the crazy shit that's going on right now, there's still a lot of good beans out there. Absolutely. And um, what's the, the, the Mr. Rogers quote is to look for the helpers. But um, I saw something today that was like, yeah, that's, but that's kind of a quote for kids. Now that we're adults, we have to be the helpers. And that's just a good way to go about living your life. Think about being the person who helps. Absolutely. And it, help comes in a lot of different forms. Like if there's things that you're not capable of doing, be it for monetary or, you know, mental health or physical reasons, anything you can do to help anybody at all is always a good thing. Exactly. Do what you can. If you can, you know, again, if you have the funds to help stuff like that, that's great. But you know what, just being an ear and listening and sharing and, you know, just being a, a good human and, and doing what you can to make sure that everyone's voice is heard who needs to be heard that's that's helping too absolutely oh so yeah i hope you all take care of each other and you know do what you can and support each other and we love you so much yeah just keep being good beans and help where you can and we love you guys yeah we love you so i have been amy and i have been shannon and golly gee gosh dang you know what else I was thinking about this week is the fact that I say dude as a multi-gender term is probably because of Keenan and Kel. You know what? Yeah, I I use dude as an as an ungendered term as well. Um, you know, I'm a dude. <laughs> He's a dude. She's a dude. We're all dudes. Hey! <laughs> That's the only thing I think of now. <laughs> Wanted to end it so on a happy great. note. We're all dudes. That's so great. Keep on being dudes, everybody. Keep on keeping on. Bye. <laughs> Bye.